allow me to answer your question with a question, Melody, and to everyone else. Do you know the most important ingredient to an awesome apple pie? No, you don't, because apparently nobody knows this, but it's raisins. Dizruns Radio, episode 999, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Well then, it's uh, that time again, time for another little You Ask, I Answer situation here at, uh, as we're wrapping up the month of November in 2021. Don't look now, but 2021 itself is, is getting close to wrapping it on up, um, which, you know, for some, maybe maybe good riddance. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how how uh, it's all shaking out for everybody, but um, we, can't, we can't wrap up a month without uh, doing a little Q&A, whether it's uh, a Thanksgiving-themed Q&A here at the end of, of November here in the States with Thanksgiving holiday just happening yesterday, Black Friday today, um, at least as this episode goes out. I don't know. I don't know your life when you listen to this. Maybe you listen to this a couple weeks, a couple months down the road, and you're like, dude, Thanksgiving was a few months ago. Yeah, I know. But uh, as this is coming out, it was yesterday. As I'm recording it, it's two days from now. Spoiler alert. But anyway, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Those that are celebrating here in the States, those that are celebrating their neighbors to the north, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving a month ago. Uh, sorry, I missed you on, on, on uh, happy Thanksgiving wishes back in October. Those that don't celebrate Thanksgiving, hey, you know, don't be afraid to just take a, take a minute today to be thankful for something. That's, that's kind of what the holiday is about. At least hopefully that's what it's about uh, because Lord knows... At least I feel like maybe maybe I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'll speak for myself. Lots of things to be thankful for. Anyway, one of those things I'm thankful for is uh, your questions. And if you're you're new around these parts, this is something we do. Well, I, I should hedge on that. I'm thankful for most of y'all's questions. Some of you, come on now, <laughs> but we'll get to that as we go. Uh, but if you're new around these parts, this is the, the the way we always wrap up each month. At least the last Friday of each month is dedicated to your questions and my answers. Hopefully the answers might be somewhat useful, helpful. If nothing else, maybe occasionally entertaining. Um, but the best way to get your questions answered is to come join the Facebook group. We've got a, a pretty darn good group over on Facebook, uh, the, the Diz Runs Tribe. Happy to, to have you join us. Um, all you got to do is ask to be let in. We'll let you in. And then, you know, if you, if you prove yourself to be not, uh, basically if you prove yourself to be spammy about spamming all kinds of nonsense and we'll kick you out, but you come in, join the party, crack some jokes, share your runs, share your wins, add some advice, you know, those types of things. Just, just act like a normal human. Um, we'd love to have you. And, uh, somewhere in the middle of each month, I put a post up that says, Hey, what are your questions? And, uh, if you have them, you throw them in the comment section. And that's where the Q and A's come from. So, uh, dizruns.com slash Facebook is the link, or if you're on Facebook itself, just search for the Dizruns tribe in the Facebook group, ask to join. We'll let you in and, uh, look out for that post in the middle of the month for your questions. So here we go. Without any further ado, we've got a, a nice list today, not as long as some of the other lists. So I don't know, you know, I, I always say this at the beginning. I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't think this is going to be a two hour monstrosity, but with me. If you've been around it long enough, you know that you never really know. We'll see where this goes, how long it takes, uh, but we'll just go ahead and dive right in. 
First question from Russ says, uh, I have a little bit of backstory, but that's okay. Sets the, sets the stage. Uh, I have a five-year goal to get to, to a BQ. I'm 40, and I'm currently a 150 half marathoner. Should I focus on halves until I get down closer to 130 and then start adding marathons to the mix, or should I do a marathon each year? Um, Russ, that's a, it's a great question, and, and like I, I don't want to be dismissive of it, but I, but I guess my, my gut reaction, my initial answer is why not both? Why not both? Because, yes, there's obviously a difference between the half marathon and the marathon beyond just the distance situation. They're, they're, they're obviously different races. That said, when it comes to preparing for either a half or a full, like the, the overlap of the Venn diagram of how to prepare for a marathon and how to prepare for a half marathon, like are super overlapped. Like, I, you know, I, I'll make up numbers, 90%, 80%, 85%, 92%, something, something like that is the, is the amount of overlap. All of the base building, all of the, the early parts of training, all of the off-season training pretty much are going to be exactly the same. Now, maybe your mileage might be a little bit different. You might not do your, you know, your standard long run if you're focusing on more on the half marathon. May not be quite as high as it would be if you're if your focus is more on the on the did I say marathon before? If you're focused on the half marathon, it may not be quite as high as if you're focused on the marathon. Though you could make an argument, and I would make the argument that it wouldn't hurt you to to regularly be beyond 13 miles for your just standard long runs when the half marathon is your focus. That's maybe some details for another day, a little bit deeper conversation. But the, the point I'm trying to make is the majority of your training is going to be very, very similar. You know, when it comes to workouts, there's not like, there's not like this is the half marathon workout and this is the marathon workout. Like the speed workouts are speed workouts. Tempo workouts are tempo workouts. Um, the base building runs, the easy runs, the long runs, like those are those again, lots of overlap. You're only really looking at maybe, maybe, you know, a, a four, five, six week period where you'd really specialize and, and focus on, you know, half marathon speed or marathon endurance. But even then, as far as I'm concerned, like I wouldn't do much different at any point in a training cycle, whether it's my own training or somebody else that I'm coaching other than, other than a few, you know, again, slight differences, especially in terms of distance, we might not get into 20 mile long runs for the half marathon. Although again, again, for some folks, and depending on your, your ambitions and your goals, getting down close to 130, that might not be a bad way to train is to load up on some of those miles on the long runs, at least on occasion, to really help you be confident in pushing the pace. So all that to say, with a five-year goal to get to a BQ, um, I don't know that I would focus exclusively on, the, on either, quite frankly. Now, if you, if you really like marathons and don't really care for hammer and half marathons, then okay, you know, focus on the marathon. Vice versa, Okay. But if it's vice versa, if you really like the, the half marathon and kind of don't really look forward to the marathon, like I'm not sure where a BQ goal would fit in, right? But again, all that to say, like you could definitely mix in a couple of half marathons and really try to race them fast and keep working on getting faster there, but still also stretch out a marathon at least one a year if you wanted to. Um, and those those would very much be the same path towards that BQ goal. So I, I feel like my answer here is to not overthink it. Don't, don't feel like you need to focus on one or the other um, because the bulk of the training is, is the same for both. And, and you know, like as long as you're building that aerobic base, continuing to build the aerobic base, keep your easy runs easy. Um, you, you, I don't want to say you should, but you very, very likely will see, see progress on both fronts. And then just, you know, if you want to race one, Get after it. Go for it.
and, and use those as, as markers along the way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess that's my answer is I, I don't know that you, sh- that, that it makes sense to focus on one or the other, um, because there's so much overlap that, you know, it's like, it, like it doesn't, it, it, I don't see that there'd be any really benefit to the, to the five-year BQ goal of focusing on one or the other, like do them both. If you enjoy them both, obviously not at the, you know, not, not so back to back that you're risking burnout and injury, but like you could have a marathon training cycle that includes a good hard half marathon somewhere in the, you know, halfway to three quarters stage as a good hard workout slash race slash test of fitness. Um, and that would fit real well, or you could do a marathon cycle and then, you know, six, eight weeks later have that, that half marathon as well. Um, which would allow plenty of time to recover, get locked in for the shorter distance taper and race. So again, lots of overlap to the training, which means that, Hey, I say you don't have to do one or the other. You could do both if you want to. So hope all that makes sense, Russ. Thanks for the question. Good luck with that BQ. Certainly keep us posted as you go. Um, and any other questions that pop up over the next five years, I'm imagining you might have a question over the next five years. Um, in theory, we'll be doing this for another five years. So don't be afraid to ask another question, Russ. Thank you, my friend. Next question from Rob. How many times have you received a question via carrier pigeon? Just checking to see if the little guys ever made it. Still waiting, Rob. Still waiting, Rob. You might want to, you might want to contact your, uh, your, your, your carrier pigeon, uh, union or the, the, the rep or whatever, you know, call that hotline because, uh, the, the carrier pigeons haven't made it yet. So we're still waiting. That said, still open to it. You know, anybody wants to send a, a question or a, a message or anything like that via carrier pigeon, you know, send them my way. There's, there's plenty of, uh, trees and shrubs and places for the, the pigeons to, to nest down and give me their messages. So, uh, Rob's still waiting on your question from the carrier pigeon, but hopefully, hopefully it's on its way. <laughs> but thanks for the question, my man. Hope things are well for you. Next question from Jackie. When do you put up your tree real or artificial? So, um, typically, typically the Christmas tree in our house goes up the weekend after Thanksgiving, whether it's on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, kind of depends on what the Thanksgiving plans are. Um, but that's, that's usually somewhere in there. Um, you know, it, it, that's, that's when it happens. And, uh, these days it's, it get a little home alone going on the, on the TV, um, put the tree up, make it a family affair. Uh, definitely artificial. I would love to have real trees, but let's, let's just be honest here. Um, real trees in Florida are not worth the hassle. All right. I grew up uh, as, as many of you know, I grew up in Northern Michigan, like Christmas tree farms were not like super common in, in like our exact town, but like they were, they were around, uh, to the point where I can't clearly remember ever buying a Christmas. And we always had real trees as I was, as a kid, I can't remember ever buying a Christmas tree from a Christmas tree lot. Um, I'm sure we probably did at some point, but as far as being old enough to really remember, so from, I don't know, whatever that would make me eight, nine, 10 years old on, we always went to uh, a you, a cut farm, um, you know, and paid the five or eight or $10 to go out and cut. I don't know. Maybe it was more than that, but whatever, like it was cheaper than getting them at the Christmas tree lot. And you go out and pick your own tree, cut it down, bring it home, put it in the house. Right. Um, but I remember as a kid, the stories on the news of Christmas tree harvesting in like August and how they harvest the trees and, and, you know, paint the needles and set, set, get them ready to be shipped all over the country for, for Christmas trees. And it's just like, like knowing that you're, that 
if I'm going to buy a tree in Florida, it was harvested in whatever, August or September. Um, and I'm going to spend like a hundred dollars for it. Like trees down here are expensive AF. It's ridiculous. Um, and I'm sure that, that, you know, again, thinking back 30 years ago on the price of a Christmas tree, like I'm sure it's more back home now too, but it can't be that much more because they're literally shipping them across the street as opposed to, you know, across the country. Um, I just can't do it. You know, a, a couple hundred bucks for a, a, an artificial tree that'll last 20 years. Like that works now. Yes. I miss the smell. I, I don't miss sweeping up all the pine needles. Um, you know, you get a couple of, of evergreen scented candles, candles, bada boom, bada bam, you're good to go. So we, we actually have two, two, uh, artificial trees that'll go up, uh, one in the, in the dining room. That's kind of more decorative, like, like, like what you would like, not with all the special ornaments, just kind of a, like Rebecca, it's kind of Rebecca's tree, honestly. Um, you know, both pre-lit, but that one goes up there. Um, kind of more of a formal, I guess that's the, the way to say it, more of a formal tree. And then, uh, the, the family tree in the living room, uh, also pre-lit, uh, but it's got all the fun ornaments and, you know, the ornaments from when I was a kid and when Rebecca was a kid, and of course the, the ornaments with Addie and, and the, the married couple ornaments and all that type of stuff. Uh, but a lot more of the fun stuff is on that tree. So, uh, two trees, both going up typically the weekend, somewhere in the weekend after Thanksgiving, whether it's Friday is probably the ideal, but depends if we're coming home from, from family, you know, from visiting my, my in-laws or if they're at our house. Um, but, but a week from, uh, you know, the, the, the week after Thanksgiving, the trees will be up, uh, almost, almost assuredly. Um, and then, uh, rock and roll and no, no worries about picking up, you know, loose needles throughout the season because, uh, artificial holds the needles real well. And you don't even have to remember to water, it, you know, it's so many, so many reasons to go pre-lit artificial. Um, even though in my heart of hearts, I, I wish that a real tree was, more of a, a thing that would be at play. But anyway, thanks for the question, Jackie. Another one from Jackie. When do you think it is time to listen to Christmas slash holiday music? Says, I'm a teacher and my students and I are having a friendly disagreement. So um, I'm not, I, I I am curmudgeon, as I may have mentioned once or twice. I am that curmudgeonly old man that doesn't like anything, get off my yard, yada, yada, yada. That said, as long as we're after Halloween, I'm not going to be too upset if you want to play a little bit of Christmas music here and there. I'm not ready to like dial up Christmas music radio until after Thanksgiving. For me, that's that's the time. It's you know whatever midnight on Christmas night. So I guess you know Black Friday morning, rock on. Let's let's go Christmas music. Now you want to mix in a little bit, sprinkle it in a little bit, little little uh, tease here and there during November. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to get ugly at you if you want to just listen to to serious Christmas music um, in in November, but it's got to be in a, in an ideal world. It's got to be getting closer to Thanksgiving, like not the early part of November. That's still that's still fall. You know, we're not we're not to Christmas yet. But I'm, I am kind of one of those purists. that's like, can we celebrate Thanksgiving before we get to Christmas? Like, is that is that okay? You know, like. Like October, we got Halloween. That's cool. Can we can we at least have three weeks to celebrate, or at least to get ready and celebrate for Thanksgiving before we switch all things over to Christmas? And I know that that's that's you know that's just idyllic, and uh, the stores don't care, and the marketers don't care, and like like as soon as it, four days before before Halloween, you know all the stores have their Christmas stuff out. I get it, but can we just hold off on the Christmas music till after um, 
after Thanksgiving, ideally, that would be my, my ideal situation. Um, but if you like Christmas music a little bit early, you want to get to, to November 15th, November 20th, you want to start listening to Christmas music. I mean, okay. Okay. But I will say that your, your kids are a little bit, a little bit off. They say November. I say after Thanksgiving, I agree with you, Jackie. Um, but anyway, hope that, hope that helps settle the, settle the argument. You can just play this for them. You know, this, this guy on the podcast, he said after, after Thanksgiving, therefore it's been, it's been decreed. It's been decided. The voice from above says after Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving, it shall be. Thanks. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks for the questions. Appreciate you. Uh, next question from Ellen. So we all know your most hated Halloween candy is candy corn. Do you have a hated holiday candy as well? Um, I mean, yeah, you're pretty much right that, that candy corn is just like, I have zero use for candy corn, like zero use for it. It, it is terrible. Um, like, I, I, you know, I get that in whatever, 1940, like that was probably a good, like candy corn is pretty legit. It's 2021. Why are we still, why are we still making candy corn? But the rant is not about candy corn. Do you have a hated holiday slash Christmas candy as well? You know, racking my head outside of like candy canes, I'm not like, what are there really like Christmas candies? I'm sure there probably are, but like, you know, like, like, yeah, there's a Snickers that has a holiday wrapper on it. You know, there's, there's the red and green M&Ms only that are supposed to be Christmassy holiday themed. Um, but I'm not sure that there's really off the top of my head. I can't think of any like real specific Christmas slash holiday candies outside of candy corns, but I'm here to tell you candy, candy cane or candy corns. Goodness. It's permeated my brain outside of candy canes, but I'm here to tell you candy canes. Meh, not, eh, not a fan, not a fan. Uh, never really been a fan. Uh, now, back in the day, I was I was maybe okay with like the rainbow colored candy co- candy canes that were less pepperminty and more just like sweet goodness. Um, not that I've not, not that I'm uh, like super anti. Like I would not put candy canes and candy corn not only in the same same sentence. They they wouldn't be in the same paragraph. They wouldn't be in the same subsection. They wouldn't be in the same essay. They wouldn't be in the same in the same library. Um, you, you know, candy canes, n- not my favorite. Like you're never going to see me like go, yeah, you know, out of, out of these handful of things, like I think I'll choose a candy cane. Like that's not happening. Um, but candy cane versus candy corn, give me a f- 5 billion candy canes before one kernel of nasty Halloween wax candy corn. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I have a hated holiday candy, but I have a, I have a, a strong meh towards, uh, candy canes, but you know, at least those like those are better than just chewing on wax for all you candy corn people. Like, seriously, candy. It's twenty twenty one. Candy corn nonsense. Thanks, Ellen. Now I'm all fired up thinking about candy corn, and it's supposed to be focusing on Thanksgiving and and uh, blah. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for the questions. Melody, look at all these questions. It's like they took a page out of my book. Yeah, they absolutely did. All these, all these random nonsense questions. Love it. Um, and getting to, to call out some other people for asking random nonsense questions beyond Melody. Kind of weird. Kind of could get used to it. But uh, I'm sure, Melody, you'll be chiming in later as per usual. So we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll reserve judgment until we get to your questions a little bit later in this episode. Next from Kelly. My son, Nolan, age 10, and I sometimes listen to the Q&As on the way to school drop-off. He was wondering, what is the farthest distance you have run? Well, Nolan, thank you for uh, listening to the show. I appreciate it. You know, always, always love to hear 
of of the youth that I'm able to influence. Oh, maybe maybe not. Maybe maybe Kelly. Maybe you need to turn this off. <laughs> uh, but no, in my the the farthest that I've ever run uh, happens to be just recently, just this this past weekend, the weekend before this episode comes out. I did my longest race ever, uh, which was scheduled to be a 45 miler. Uh, ended up being closer to 43 and a half miles. I ended up running closer to 44 and a quarter because I missed a turn because as you do, when you're on the third lap, the third time running the exact same lap, I had my head down and was just lost in, in my own little world apparently. And just blew right through a sign that clearly said, turn here, turn here. I said, no, thanks. I'll keep going. Uh, and then got a little bit past. I was like, wait a minute. Did I miss a turn? Nah, no, I couldn't miss a turn. I'll keep going. And so I went a little bit farther before I was like, yeah, I really think I missed a turn. Uh, so I turned around and saw the error of my ways and, and thankfully didn't, didn't replicate that, uh, lack of navigational planning in the, in the other two laps, but ended up going 44 and a quarter miles is the, is the moral of the story. And that's the longest I've ever run. Um, and had a, honestly had a pretty good time and I'm, I'm know we're going to be talking about that a little bit more in, in, as we go. So I'll leave that as the teaser that, that 44 and a quarter miles is the longest I've ever done. And, uh, I never thought, I don't know that I ever thought I would have gone that far, but I, I had a good time and I felt pretty good. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's the farthest I've ever run. Uh, he also asks or also wants to know what is your best source of motivation to run? So Nolan, um, boy, this, this, this could get a little bit deep. This could get a little bit serious. Uh, but I kind of, I feel like I kind of have a, a few real motivators for, for me to run. Um, one, I, I know I've said this before, but I, I'll forgive you if, if you missed this or you forgot me mentioning this. But I really do think that running makes me a better person. Um, and, 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 you know, it's kind of it's something we joke about a little bit on here. And, and Rebecca's never, like, literally told me, kicked me out of the house and locked the door and told me to come back as a better person. Um, but, like, part of the reason that that's probably never happened is I recognize that I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, uh, just a better person in general when I'm running semi-regularly. So, you know, there's times that I miss a couple of days for one reason or another, whether it's recovering from a race, whether it's being sick, whether it's just, you know, being tired and sleep oversleeping or like that happens. Okay. But as far as being motivated to continually consistently get out there and run, um, knowing that I'm going to be a better person or I'm going to be more, you know, more calm, more relaxed, less, less agitated, all those types of things. Um, hundred percent that motivates me just knowing that, that my life is going to be better if I'm running regularly because my relationships with those around me are going to be better. So that's, that's one way that motivates me. Um, another thing, I know you asked for just my most motivation, my, my bit, my best source, but you're going to get three, you know, sorry, you, you asked the question, but I'm going to, I'm going to answer it my own way. Uh, my, my second motivator, uh, and this one does hit a little bit close to home, but it's, it's the fact that two of my grandparents, both, both of my dad's parents and my paternal grandparents both had Alzheimer's disease when they passed and, and, uh, Alzheimer's disease, it helps it, it, it you know, if, if you're not aware, no one or anybody else is listening, um, it impacts your memory. You forget a lot of things, lots of things, everything. Like to the point where my grandpa, grandpa didn't even re- remember me, you know? And when I was a kid, like that was, that, that hurt bad when I go to see him and he's like, who, he knew my dad and he's Tom, who's, who's that? Um, I mean, Tom is my dad's name, of course. Uh, you know, who's, who's that, that that's with you? And it was, it was me and I was, you know, eight or nine, nine years old and my grandpa didn't know who I was. And so once I, you know, at that point, and then kind of in the, in the next few years, as I got older and heard more about Alzheimer's and it kind of would be on the news and things like that. Um, I just was like, man, I don't want to be in that situation where my grandkids, where I forget them or I forget my wife or I forget 
whatever, you know, just seeing some of the impacts that the disease had on, on him. And then eventually on, on, on his wife, on my grandma as well. So all that to say from an early, early age, I was like, man, anything I can do to reduce my risk of having Alzheimer's disease, like I'm on board, I'm on board. And more and more research is still inconclusive. So it's, it's far from perfect, but more and more research says that cardiovascular activities like running, like cycling, like swimming, things like that, um, can help with brain health and potentially reduce the risk of Alzheimer's disease. Whether that's reducing the risk by half, whether it's reducing the risk by half a percent, I don't care. If, if running and being active is going to help reduce the risk that, that I'm going to be in that situation 40, 50 years from now that, that my grandfather was in and that my grandkids aren't going to be in that situation that, that I was in, I'm all in. So there's, there's a, a little bit somber. Apologize, apologies for that. Hope it doesn't ruin your day at school today, Nolan. But uh, th- that's another reason that, that I'm motivated to continue to train, continue to run, um, continue to do some of the things I do that, that anything that has a tie-in or a potential tie-in as a, redis- a re- reduction of risk of Alzheimer's, sign me up, sign me up. And last but not least, it's fun. I enjoy it. I really do. Uh, I enjoy running with, like I run with the dog most of the time, run with, with other people with, with my, my, my friend Kate or with, with some other folks from, from town on occasion or on race day. That's fun. Um, like, like it's just fun. It's just something that I enjoy doing. I didn't used to. And certainly when I was your age, no one, you wouldn't have caught me. You, like the idea of going for a run was, was laughable, not something that I ever would have done. Um, but as I got older and, and it became something that, that was, was good exercise and social, uh, and get a little bit competitive on race day. Like it became more and more fun and, and more and more a thing that, that I, I enjoy doing now on a, on an almost daily basis. So those are my three motivators. It's, 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 uh, makes me a better person. Hopefully keeps my brain healthier and the rest of my body too, but certainly my brain healthy and I have fun with it. So those are the three reasons, three most, three biggest motivators for me to run. And last but not least, both of us. So both, both mom and Nolan want to know what is your favorite holiday movie? So I kind of already mentioned that when we put up the Christmas tree, we enjoy watching home alone. I think, and you know, to each their own, of course, but I think for me, that is my favorite holiday movie, probably because, and I think I've talked about this before, but I'll, I'll rehash it. That's fine. Probably because when that movie first came out, I was right about the same age that, that, uh, that Kevin McAllister, the kid in the movie is. And just the idea of like being home alone and like setting up all these booby traps and like foiling the bad guys. Like that was awesome. Like that would have been so cool. I mean, it's a movie, so clearly, but like if that, if that could have happened, like that was just like immediately was like, yes, I want to do this when I, when I grow up. Although I guess I didn't want to grow up because I wanted to be that age and have that type of situation happen. So that's, that's always like, ever since I can remember, that's probably been my, my favorite Christmas movie, or at least one of, um, so, so, and even, even now as an adult, I love home alone, home alone two is good. It's solid, but nothing beats the original home alone as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and probably the second, second choice honorable mention National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which Nolan, you might still be a couple years from watching that one. I, we'll let we'll let mom decide. We're trying not to plant that. So Kelly, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not trying to encourage him to watch that movie. Um, not that it's that bad, but it's probably not quite ten year old appropriate yet. Um, but typically, Rebecca and I'll you know have have a have a glass of eggnog or two, or I'll just have a glass of gin. Who are we kidding? Um, but we'll have, we'll have a drink and watch Christmas Vacation at least once during the holiday season. Um, but we'll make sure Addie's in bed for that one. But Addie's Addie's cool for watching Home Alone. So that's that's probably my favorite holiday movie. But thanks for the questions, uh, Nolan and Kelly. Next question from Weasel. Turkey or ham and what size? I'm assuming you're talking about Thanksgiving meal. Um, 
you know, so so here's the deal. Here's where I stand on on what's the main dish on Thanksgiving. I'm a I'm a traditionalist at heart. I'm a traditionalist at heart. So, so it's got to be turkey. The problem is, or the the potential problem is, is that a making making a good turkey is not easy. Anybody who's ever cooked a turkey knows that. Um, and the difference between good turkey, so-so turkey, and bad turkey, it's like good turkey, and then everything else is like it's 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 a it's not a fine line, but it's a huge chasm, right? So to me, good turkey is hard to beat, but ham kind of hard to screw ham up. Like there's there's not much of a difference between good turkey and or good ham and and so-so ham, um, but it's kind of hard. It's it's almost impossible. I mean, it's not, it's not impossible, but it's almost impossible to wind up with ham. That's truly like, I can't eat this. Not hard to do with Turkey to dry it out so bad that you're like, I just can't eat this. So all things equal. If we're talking good Turkey or good ham, good Turkey all day, all day on Thanksgiving, all day on black Friday, all day on the leftovers, good Turkey. As long as I'm not cooking it. If I'm cooking it, we're probably going to go with ham because it's a lot easier. Set it and forget it. Warm it up, slice it up. Good to go. So I'll take turkey, but if somebody doesn't want to go through the hassle, I'm not going to ask them to. Ham is just fine. As for sides, I mean, sides is, is tricky these days because I feel like my tastes have changed over the years. And being more of a low-carb guy, like I feel like Thanksgiving sides, it's all about carbs. It's potatoes, it's stuffing, it's sweet potatoes, it's it's squash, it's, it's corn casserole. Like it's all just carb, 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 carb. And not that I'm like anti-carbs, not that I'm going to not have any carbs at all. Here's one. Here's a fun one. As I'm recording this, but you're listening to it in the, as I'm recording it in the, in the, in the talking about the future, but you're listening to it talking about the past. I'm not going to say no to some carbs on Thanksgiving slash. I didn't say no to carbs on Thanksgiving. Um, but the idea of, of just super, super carb heavy sides, like, eh. like I don't love any of them enough to just like throw it all out, you know, blow it all out. So as far as sides, I, I guess I'll go with like, like a good cranberry sauce and my mother-in-law makes a good cranberry sauce. Um, like I'll, I, I'm going to have some good cranberry sauce. Like that's going to happen. Um, maybe some sweet potatoes and not like gnarly sweet potato marshmallow nonsense, but just like sweet potatoes, like baked sweet potatoes or, or even mashed sweet potatoes. Yeah. Okay. So those are, but, but I'm not like hardcore on either of them really. Like I'll take them. They're kind of festive. They're kind of time of the season. Uh, so I guess those are my, my sides, my go-to sides. So turkey, cranberries, sweet potatoes. That's a good plate right there. No longer no longer a big green bean casserole fan. If you've been listening for a while, you thought that's where I was going to go with it. Meh, kind of giving up on green bean casserole. It's just, <sighs> doesn't do it for me anymore. Getting old, getting old. But thanks for the question, Weasel. Next couple questions, both from Samantha. First one, how crucial is it to be fitted for running shoes? I've been running in Brooks Adrenalines for years, and their newest model just sucks. Way too cushiony. Can I just pick something else that I think would work, or should I get fitted again? So, first of all, Samantha, I and all of us can empathize, because we've all been there. We've all had that shoe that was perfect. And then, you know, the shoe manufacturers, they've got to they've got to tweak and they've got to adjust and they've got to make some something new and flashy and fancy to make, you know, to 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 add a new model and to get new colors and to get people to buy and they take a great shoe and make it not so great anymore. In fact, not even so good anymore, just sucky and oh, so frustrating. I totally get it. Ah. So how crucial is it to be fitted for running shoes? 
honestly, I've never been fitted for running shoes. Um, not saying that you can't or shouldn't, or that it's, that it's not something that is, can be very beneficial. I'm just saying hard for me to say it's crucial when I've literally never had it done. And I feel like I'm doing okay on the running shoes department. So my, my suggestion to you, Samantha, is if, if the new Brooks adrenalines just don't work for you, which sounds like that's the case, what I would do is either do it. It won't be too hard. And I don't have any great links to tell you, but I can't imagine that it'd be too hard to do a little link, link surfing on the internet, you know, shoes similar to the Brooks adrenaline version, whatever the, the ones that you really liked. Um, and you know, try to find some shoes that are similar to it and you'll get, you'll get a whole host of blogs or shoe experts or shoe guides or whatever that tell you that if you like this, here are some others that are very similar. So you might start there. The other thing that you could do would be to go into the running store and be like, yo, I used to love these adrenalines and the new model. I, I know what would be similar to the old model because I can pretty much guarantee if it's a good, if it's a good, like running specialty store, um, that, a, somebody on staff probably feels exactly the same way you did. B, they've probably had that question from other people as well. And C, they're the ones that are going to know that like, oh, you know, XYZ model of the adrenalines are very similar to the, the ABC model of this other Brooks shoe or this other, you know, whatever, New Balance shoe or Saucony shoe or whatever. Um, and so, so that, that'll kind of, instead of just like picking something that you think would work, which I mean, you could try that and you never know, you might find something that you really like. I feel like that would be a better way to make the transition as seamless as possible is just ask the, ask the experts. Um, but that doesn't mean you need to be fitted. It's just like, I really like this shoe. What's something similar and they can probably point you in the right direction. So that's, that's probably the route I would go. Um, but if you feel like you want to get fitted again, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just, I wouldn't classify it as crucial. That's for sure. So hope that, hope that helps. Hope you find a good shoe to replace the shoe that you loved that you don't love anymore. Next question from Samantha, or kind of a two-parter. Favorite Thanksgiving side, least favorite. So I guess I kind of just let the cat out of the bag on this one. But these days, my favorite Thanksgiving side is basically the cranberry sauce and the uh, the sweet potatoes, just regular sweet potatoes. Least favorite, that nonsense, just abomination of mashed sweet potatoes or yams or whatever you want to call it with the marshmallows on top. Terrible. Just No. Be gone with it. If you like that type of thing, I mean, you know, whatever, to each their own. Unless, unless you like candy corn, then not to eat your own. Like that's just terrible. But if if you like the 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 whatever you even want to call it with the the marshmallows and the, ugh, I mean, okay, but you can do a lot better than that simply by scraping the marshmallows off. But you can't just scrape. Like if you try to just scrape it off once it's already made, like no, the the damage is done. the The marshmallow has permeated the sweet potato or the squash or whatever the base of it is. Um, so it's not good. Not not good at all. That's that's one thing that guaranteed is going to be a hard pass. I might even hard pass on the green bean casserole this year. Um, though if we make it, it's going to be one of those that my mother-in-law is going to make it just for me. And so then like, then you kind of have to eat it, but, uh, hopefully not. Cause I think Rebecca is in charge of it and said, no, we'll just do something different with the green beans this year. Cause my wife is the best. So least favorite that marshmallow yuck, most favorite my mother-in-law's cranberries. And some sweet potatoes. Good stuff. Good stuff. But thanks for the question, Samantha. Appreciate you. Next question from Rhonda. Why is Thanksgiving one of the most popular race days? I find that doing a race on Thanksgiving ruins any kitchen productivity and makes me rush. That's, a, that's an interesting question, Rhonda. And, and, and I, am, I don't know if Thanksgiving has long been 
a kind of running holiday or if it's something that's that's more of a recent phenomena. As long as I've been running, which is about a decade now, yes, turkey trots have been a thing. But I don't know that I remember paying attention to them being a thing before that. I'm sure in some places they were, but it's clearly widespread now. But but why? Um, I think, and this is me just just totally just spitballing here. I feel like it's probably a thing because it's something to do to get everybody out of the house except for the person who's cooking. So they get, so whoever's cooking, whether it's grandma, whether it's mom, whether it's a combination of folks, whoever's, whoever's in charge of the turkey, whoever's in charge of the things, is just like, y'all, get out of my house because I want some peace and quiet while I'm cooking the bird before everybody, before everything really goes crazy for the rest of the afternoon, right? So it's like, hey, there's this little, there's this little race in town. Why don't y'all go run it? Go get some some coffee afterwards. Make a morning of it. Come back around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And then we'll get ready for the holiday. So I don't know if that's why the things came around, but I feel like that's why it's still popular. And then it's just everybody can get out, peace and quiet in the kitchen, get some work done without without everybody trying to get breakfast and get the mimosas going and get this and get that and snacking and blah, blah, blah. No, y'all go. Go run the turkey trot. I'm going to stay home and cook. Where that becomes a problem then is when you're trying to do both. So yeah, like you, you go to, to run, but then cooking gets jacked up and then it becomes a whole thing. So I feel like that's maybe, and, and this is again, just complete speculation, totally pulling it out of the backside. No idea if there's anything to that at all, but I feel like that's, that's maybe why Thanksgiving runs uh, have become so popular is it just gives everybody else something to do while the people that are cooking are cooking. But, uh, Hope you hope you had a good holiday, Rhonda, and uh, hopefully your Thanksgiving meal plans coincided well enough with any type of running that you were doing on Thanksgiving Day. Next next question from Mona, I should say next block of questions from Mona, which is totally totally acceptable, totally appreciated. Uh, first one, one of the QT episodes about the long run tips recently. It was about tips for running the long runs, and I swear it was almost like you were in my head. I do most of those things other than running with a friend. You mentioned that a friend checks checks your pace. They're an arsehole. Uh, sorry, Nolan. Earmuffs, Nolan. <laughs> um, but of my friends... Trying to read through the question here. Basically, a little bit long and drawn out, which is okay. Um, but but how do you kind of stop worrying about people doing that? And, and I think that, that what I was trying to get at, Mona, which clearly I didn't make it, make it as clear as I wanted to be, um, because in, in your question, you're saying, when some of my friends are like, Oh no, you ran so fast. You're a beast, blah, 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 blah. And you're trying not to worry about your pace. Those friends aren't the problem. All right. As far as I'm concerned, the, the, the assholes aren't the ones that are like pro- giving you props for, for your time and your pace and your efforts and things like that. It's the ones who are somehow trying to make you less than, or make you feel less than, or trying to judge you like, Oh, you only ran eight minute pace while we were running seven thirty. Those people. Yeah. Not the best folks to have around. Um, but, but, you know, if, if they're trying to prop you up, Hey, that's nothing wrong with that. But if, if that's not something that excites you, that's okay. You know, you don't have to be focused on your pace. You don't have to be focused on, um, you know, trying to, to, um, measure yourself by time. And, and especially if you're trying not to do that, having friends that keep focusing on it just, just makes it more difficult. So hopefully you can just kind of be like, Hey, you know, I'm not really worried about my pace right now. Could you just not even comment on it? Even if it's, if it's something that looks good for you, um, but yeah, that's, that can be a little bit tricky. That can be a little bit tricky. Uh, hopefully that helped to answer the question, but you know, like you said, you almost wrote a page, uh, of the book right there. Um, and, and maybe that's why you just don't like to run with, with other people, which you said, 
and that's that's okay too. That's okay too. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, Mona. I'm no, no, don't know if I'm making it any worse. Um, hopefully not the case. But uh, sorry if I if I if I wasn't clear before. You'd think you'd think with how many words fall out of my mouth during a freaking quick tip episode that I could make some sense, but clearly not always the case. Next question from Mona. Did you find your writing partner or was it accountability partner for the book yet? No. Um, but I had a couple people that, that asked about it. And, and the reason why is I'm just not quite ready to like get started yet. So like, and that's just, that's just on me. Like, I got a couple other, other ducks that have to get in the row first before I want to split my attention to start really getting serious about writing the book yet. Um, but it is on my list. It's been on my list for two years. Who are we kidding? Um, but, but really trying to, to set, set things up now so that when I can start, start in on it, I can really commit to it as opposed to commit to it for a week. And then, Oh, I got to take care of this thing and put this fire out and get this thing taken care of and blah, 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 blah. So haven't, haven't settled on a partner yet. Don't know if I will, but, um, would love to. So if people are interested, let me know. Uh, next question. I have noticed that it is mostly advised to relax your hands, shake them. In fact, mid runs to release any tension so that all the energy is directly used by the legs and not wasted in any other tense muscles. I agree. I have practiced relaxing my hands, like naturally moving with my wrist, but then I was watching Chicago and Boston and the, the leaders and noticed that their hands were in a fist. It is like that. They're, um, is it, it is like that in their practice runs. Also I did some research, not a tight fist, but a loose fist. So what are your thoughts on hand position during a run? Um, I mean, I think that it's one of those where ultimately whatever is most comfortable is, is probably the best and, and not something I would really overthink. Um, I think that for myself and, and this is me thinking because I don't really pay attention to it, but I think when I run, they tend to be in that kind of like that semi loose fist scenario. Um, but I definitely noticed that every once in a while, like I will just kind of shake my wrist loose. Like just like you said, to kind of just relax, shake the tension out. Um, I think that's okay. I don't know that it helps me as a runner or not. Um, any more than I don't know if, if having them be, you know, just loose all the time or that kind of semi, um, semi rigid, you know, loose fist situation. Like, I don't know what works best, but that's, what's, that's, what's kind of comfortable for me. And it's just like, I'm not going to stress about it because that's going to add more tension. So that's not going to help. So try to be relaxed, you know, shake them out once in a while. You know, if, if my hands are cold, maybe tighten them up a little bit to try to warm things up. Um, but, but I don't, I don't stress too much about it. Just kind of go with what's comfortable good to go. Another question. Did you get a lot of candy on Halloween? I ate all the Heath. Love it. It's my fave. How did you do on your end? Um, yeah, we did. We did pretty good. We did pretty good. Although I will, I will have to say that Addison had a good haul, but it was like a lot of junk candy. So, you know, kind of the, the, the parent tax was kind of lean, lean pickings this year. Um, so yeah, kind of disappointed, but, but yeah, she, she's doing fine on the candy front. Um, and maybe she, she picked the bad candy on purpose cause it keeps mom and dad out of the, the candy bag a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. She's getting smart in her old age. That's for sure. Anything you want to get in black Friday specifically? Uh, no, not really. Um, I, I, I don't tend to do a lot of black Friday shopping. Um, I kind of just like get stuff when I'm, when I want it, when I need it, when I think about it. So as of right now, there's nothing on my list for black Friday but that could change in the next couple of days when all the Black Friday ads start coming out. Who knows? Who knows? But as of right now, no, nothing, nothing on the list. Going to just uh, keep my cash, keep my cash in the pocket, and uh, who knows where it might go eventually. But uh, thanks for the questions, Mona. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. 
Next question from Lewis. Since I started to wear less support in my Zoom Fly Flyknits, I've noticed that my 5K times are getting faster to the point where I averaged an 8.16 pace with walk breaks yesterday. What do you think that is? Or why do you think that is? Um, I think, Lewis, and, and correct or forgive me if I'm, if I'm misreading the question, but uh, I, I think that it has very little, if anything, to do with the shoes or the support in your shoes. It could, depending on what, what your support situation is. I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about. Maybe it's arch supports, whatever. Um, but if there's some weight there, that, that could make a little bit of a difference. But I would say that, that more than likely, the, the, the shoes are just are, are the red herring. Like They have pretty much nothing to do with why your paces are getting better. And instead, it's, a, it's an impact of consistent training over months that's paying off. And also, the potential of cooler weather making a difference. Because there's nothing... Um, maybe not nothing. That's, that's a bold statement, but there are a few things that make a difference than training in the heat of summer. And then how quickly your paces drop when the, when the weather gets cooler in the fall. And so, you know, I know you've got the streak going and you've been streaking all summer and now you're into the fall weather. It's getting cooler. You know, that makes a huge difference. And that wouldn't shock me at all. If it's the combination of consistent running, cooler weathers, boom, huge jump up in pace, um, and then you might tie it into something like, oh, I tried these different shoes and like, oh my gosh, maybe the shoes have a little bit to play, but I would say, you know, very minimally it's a shoe thing and that's just what you think of, but more than likely nothing to do with the shoes as all to do with the training and the weather. But congratulations. Anyway, that's awesome. That's awesome that you're seeing that kind of progress. Congratulations. Second question from Lewis Thanksgiving. Um, are you going to be watching any of the Thanksgiving day slash night football games? Of course, of course, of course I'm going to watch the lions. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to have a delicious meal. I got to ruin it somehow. Detroit lions. That's going to solve it for me. Um, yeah, we'll watch that debacle, the, the, the debacle at Ford field. Uh, I'll be watching that for sure. Um, probably not going to be too frustrated because my expectations are so low that I don't know that they could, that they could undermine my expectations and disappoint me. Um, but that's, that's what happens when you've been watching the Lions for 30 years, you know? Like, when they've been your team. Ugh, the Lions. But yeah, I'll be watching them. And I'm sure we'll probably watch the, the Cowboys game and whatever game's on that, that afternoon. I won't care as much about those. Um, but I'll, I'll absolutely be tuned into the Lions game. Like, that's, that's you know, don't, don't invite me over to Thanksgiving if we're not going to watch the football game. Like, my, my in-laws learned that 15 years ago or whatever, 16, 17 years ago when I, when we weren't married yet. I'm not that I'm forgetting my anniversary. Y'all don't, don't be telling Rebecca that nonsense again. Um, just that, you know, part of the family holidays before we were married. Um, but yeah, like it was, wait, what do you mean? We're not, no, we're watching the lions game. Like that's, that's, that's going to have to happen. Um, and ever since then, it's never been, never been an issue. That's just, that's just part of the, uh, the equation. So yeah, I'll be watching the lions. And uh, being disappointed, no doubt about it. But thanks for the questions, my friend. Uh, next question from Brooke. This is not a question, but in response to your recent email, you can't have steak on Thanksgiving. You can have ham over turkey, but steak, come on. If you have no idea what Brooke's talking about, get on the email list. Get on the email list. Here's a little plug. Uh, Dizruns.com slash giveaway. Join up. Uh, my emails, I like to think they're worth reading. They're w- certainly w- you know, touched a nerve when I said I was thinking about having steak for Thanksgiving. That was before we were going to my in-laws, though. That was that's that's out the window. Mom's making turkey, so you can calm down, Brooke. Calm down, Brooke. Everything's okay. Uh, everything's right with the world. No steak on Thanksgiving this year. 
Turkey as per usual. <laughs> Next question from Chris Short. Do you do an intentional, uh, sorry, intentional. I hear that I can't read. Do you do an internal happy dance when a client reaches a goal? Uh, no, because my happy dance is much more than just internal, my friend. Um, yeah, like, like there is, there, there is, and this isn't just tongue in cheek or this isn't just some like ploy to, Hey, hire me, come work with me or whatever. Um, like I am at a point in my, my running career and coaching career where I get way more excited about the folks I'm working with doing well than I do about myself. Like, of course I still have goals trying to get to Boston, yada, yada, yada. And probably when I get there, I'll be, I'll kind of lose my mind for a minute. Um, but when you guys that I'm working with hit the goal or have successes or overcome obstacles or whatever, like there's fist bumps, there's screams, there's woohoos, there's, there's, there's depending on the goal and the, 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 the backstory that goes with it. There's, there's some external happy dances as well. So yeah, I, I, uh, I celebrate the wins of you people big time, big time. Um, and no, there's not going to be videos. It's not going to be photographic evidence. Um, but Rebecca's heard a few of the celebrations, so she can she can verify. Um, I don't think she's ever seen the dances, though. We keep we keep that close to the vest because you know those types of things can be used against you. And we don't we don't need any of that nonsense. Uh, but yeah, there's there's some 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 absolute celebrations that go on in uh, in Lakeland when uh, somebody hits a, hits a mark on race day or just you know in training or whatever for sure. Uh, Chris Murner chimes in now. Uh, what is the best thing that running has taught you this year? Um, oh, vey, Chris going deep. We're going deep. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, like certainly learned a lot of things. I, I think that, um, maybe the, the, the lesson that, that hits closest to home for me is that, uh, like I'm capable of more. Um, you know, it's like, like I've run more this year than I've than I thought I was going to at the beginning of the year. Um, and I still have a month left to go. Like I've already, I've already blown past mileage, mileage numbers for, for previous years. I've blown past like the stretch goal for this year and I still have a month to go. And with where we are for craw, I'm not going to be slowing down anytime soon. So, you know, like, like that's been a big thing just that, that like physically running wise capable of more. And of course that there's the metaphor there, right? That like that, where that bleeds into other areas of life. So like, you know, capable of being better, uh, or, or doing more around the house, doing more as, as a husband, doing more as a father, doing more as an entrepreneur with, with coaching. How can I make, how can I do more for you guys and make things better on that front? Um, how can I, how can I do better with the podcast and, and continue to, to grow this thing and, and, and not just rest on my laurels, but striving for more, striving for ways to make it better, being a better interviewer, being more engaging on the solo episodes, like, like so many things where it's just like, like, yeah, like what I've done before. Cool. But what else can I do? What more can I do? How can I do better? Um, and so, so yeah, running's definitely kept that on the forefront this year for sure. Uh, next question from Chris, what's the best thing you've learned from your athletes this year? Uh, I mean, again, so many things, um, from resilience to consistency to, um, I don't know if this is the best thing, but, but, uh, maybe just, just like tangible proof, tangible evidence that some of the things that I really believe in and have seen benefits of in my, my own self, my own life, my own running, um, you know, that, that, that yes, I'm an N equals one and we're still an N equals like five or whatever, uh, maybe not five, but like, like, it's still not like a huge study. Right. But that consistency, that effort-based training, 
can really still still pay off for folks. Staying healthy, being consistent um, can, is 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 in my as far as I believe you know as far as I feel um, like the key to success in running is just being consistent and keep showing up week after week, month after month, year after year, and seeing some of the progress folks have made, some of the wins that folks have had um, that have been you know three years, four years, five years in in the making to get to this point. Um, but you know, just continuing to show up, continue to have the faith, you know, absorbing the, 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 the rough spots and the, uh, getting over the hurdles and the setbacks and things like that. Um, definitely learn those things and just staying, staying positive, staying focused, eyes on the prize. Um, no matter what life throws at you, you know, those, those types of lessons, uh, have come through and multiple, multiple fronts, multiple people, um, and, and things that, uh, that, yeah, definitely, you know, whether they're, they're newly learned or just further established, further cemented, uh, yeah, learned a lot from y'all. So, so hopefully, uh, I'm given as much as, as I'm getting, cause I know I'm getting a lot. So, so thank you for the questions, Ms. Murner. Next question from Tammy. I have a sweatshirt that says we'll run for pie. What will you run for? I'll run for pie as well. Yeah, I'll run for pie. Uh, you know, on the food, food front, I'll run for a Klondike bar. Uh, you know, what we do for a Klondike bar, I'd run for one. Um, what else? What else? I, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, like I, you know, going back to Nolan's question, I run to be a better person, run for my mental health, uh, run because it's fun. Like, like I don't, I don't really need an excuse to run. It's like, it's the moral of the story here, Tammy. Uh, you know, we'll run for whatever I, you know, we'll, we'll run because it's, it's Tuesday. We'll run because it's Monday. We'll run because it's Saturday. Um, we'll take an off day because it's Sunday, but if push comes to shove, I'll run on Sunday too. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll run for just about anything except for president, not running for president. Yeah. See what I did there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, you, you put it on a shirt and I'll, I'll probably say, yeah, like that works for me too. That works for me too. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely won't run for pumpkin pie. That much is certain. It's gotta be the right kind of pie, fruit pie. If it's a fruit pie, I'm down. If it's a peanut butter pie, also down. If it's a pumpkin pie, hard pass, take the day off. <laughs> but uh, thanks for the question, Tammy. Hope you uh, hope you had a good good holiday weekend or having a good holiday weekend, um, depending on when you listen to this. Next question from Santina, and oh boy, here it here it comes. I knew it was coming. I kind of teed her up for this one, and she uh, she took she took full advantage. So uh, I'll read the whole monster of a question, and then we'll kind of hopefully cover most of the the bits as we go. How was the Swamp Ultra? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Looking back, would you do anything differently? What was the atmosphere like during the beginning, middle, and end? Did you hit the wall? If yes, how did you get through it? How many potato chips did you eat and what kind? So uh, overall, the the race went very, very well. Um, I mean, like surprisingly well uh, to the point where I don't know. I mean, of course, there's always there's always little things, right? There's always little things I can say, this could have been better. I could have done this better um, or the, 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 you know, the, the race could have had this or that or the other. But like realistically, I don't know that it could have gone better. Um, you know, the good was if, if you read the email again, back to the emails that, that Brooke brought up, but if you read some of the emails the last couple of weeks, you know that I was, I was legit and it wasn't just hyperbole in the emails, FYI, I was legit worried that the course conditions were going to be brutal because the race is like legit in a state state park that's in a swamp. Um, the course was adjusted due to water levels on, on a part of the, the, the course. And I just had it in my head, like the whole course was going to be just soggy, muddy, mucky mess. And like, I didn't want to deal with just nasty feet from just being wet and slopping around and, and all ripped up, uh, over the course of, you know, nine, 10 hours of running, um, or maybe 12 hours of running. Like I was, I was legit worried that it was going to be bad. 
and I was very pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. Um, there were a couple of, of spots where it was, it was a little bit mushy. Uh, there were a couple of spots that, uh, basically there was like very shallow water, but like there was water slash mud that covered the whole area and you kind of had no choice but to go through it, but you could pick and choose where you went through it. So like your feet got a little bit wet, but not, not bad, not to the point where you had to change shoes multiple times or anything like that. Like, like I ended up changing shoes, which we may get to that in a minute, but like didn't necessarily have to. So, so that was very good. The trail was, was, was in a lot better shape. Most of it was very, very dry and runnable. The, in the few sections that weren't, were not bad at all. Um, there was a dog at an aid station. That was awesome. If you saw any of my, my pictures on that, like I stopped and talked talk to the dog every lap and, you know, scratched, scratched it and got some, some licks and, um, you know, had, had a, you know, like that was every time through, Hey, you know, I got what I needed from the, from the aid station and stopped and talked to the dog for a minute. Uh, so I made a, made a friend there. Any, anytime I get a chance to play with a dog, whether it's mine or somebody else's, we'll, we'll take that. That's always good. Um, and, and I felt great. I felt great. You know, I, 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 um, I, I tweaked my pacing strategy when the course was changed, um, to instead of walking every two miles, I just was like, I'm going to walk every aid station, which is going to be about every three miles. So I ended up running a little bit more. Um, but I just walked it after coming out of every aid station. Um, you know, use that to, to just kind of just get my wits back about me, catch my breath, you know, whatever. If I, if I taken in some, some fluids or some food or whatever, like let that just settle for, I mean, you know, we're talking a minute or two, but just enough to just kind of, all right, good. Start running again. So that strategy worked out well. Um, I felt strong, you know, it never, never really faded. I, I, I don't know the exact times of each of my five laps, but I think from just like to, from keeping an eye on my watch throughout, like they were pretty close to exact same splits or, you know, within a couple minutes of each other from the first to the last. Uh, I don't think I had any, any laps that were marginally or, or not mar- they were maybe marginally off, but markedly different in terms of faster or slower. So I was consistent with my pacing. Um, I didn't walk any extra outside of coming out of those aid stations, which was just sticking to my plan, uh, except for at the end. Um, when I picked up a, a lady who was struggling, I was just like, Hey, like she was walking. Um, and I was like, you want to like, come on, let's go run with me. And she was like, Oh, okay. I'll run with you for a little bit. And we end up running for the last like mile and a half or two miles together. Except for at one point she was like, I just need to walk for a minute. So I, I stopped and walked with her for like a minute or two. And I was like, come on, let's go. Walk is over. Let's go. And so she ran with me the rest of the way. So outside of that, there was no unplanned walk breaks. And I don't even count that as an unplanned walk. But like that was fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, would I do anything differently? Not really. I mean, I wouldn't have missed the turn that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, that was, that was just like nobody to blame, but me clearly marked didn't miss the turn the first time through didn't miss the turn the second time through, but the third time through, I just kind of had my head down. I guess I was not focused or I was focused on, I lost in thought and just blew right on through it. Um, so that, that I would have done differently. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, strategy went well, fueling went well. Um, I, I hate to make it sound like it was just a walk in the park, but that's kind of what it was. Like it, it went really, really well. Never hit the wall. Um, never had any lapses in energy or anything like that, which, you know, not to get on my fat adapted soapbox, but I think that had a big part to do with it. Cause I didn't eat that much. You know, I, I'm sure I, I mean, I ate of course, and I had some, some different things throughout the day, but like I was not fueling a lot. Uh, certainly, certainly had a huge calorie deficit when it was all said and done and felt fantastic. Never had any issues. Um, did eat the potato chips. I don't know how many I lost track, but I didn't have like a ton, but I had a few at just about every aid station. Uh, one of the aid stations was just the, the classic, classic lays. Perfect. Um, one of them was more the wavy lays. 
also okay. Not quite as, not quite as ideal, but not bad. Um, but I had, you know, whatever, a, a, a few at each, at each aid station. So times, times five laps. So, you know, two, I didn't get them at the start finish line, but I, cause I had my cooler. I was getting some things for myself there, but at those aid stations, the two aid stations throughout the course, you know, so I had 10, 10 handfuls or ish, or maybe five handfuls, maybe a half a handful at each aid station hit the spot. Um, what was the other question here that I missed atmosphere? There, w- there wasn't a huge atmosphere cause it wasn't a huge race. Um, there were maybe, maybe 20, 25 people, maybe 30 people that started the race, but apparently a bunch of them dropped out after three laps, which was the, there was a 40, there was a 45 mile, 45 K. And so the 45 K was three laps. And apparently a lot of people dropped out after, after the 45 miles to only run 45, only quote unquote, only run 45 K. Um, but that just meant it, it spread out. There wasn't a huge atmosphere anywhere. Like it was fine. It was just like, it just felt like a, a day of running in the, in the woods. And that was, that was okay. That was okay. So, so yeah, hopefully that, uh, scratches your itch Santino on, on the race report that you were asking me to do. Um, it was a good day. It was a good day. And I'll talk about it some more coming up. I got some, a quick tip idea. I think that's going to come from it. Probably an email that's coming from it. Um, but overall, I mean, like it, it seriously couldn't have gone a whole lot better if, if, if I could have just completely written the script the way I wanted to, um, I felt good. Uh, like I said, I did change shoes once, but that was more because the shoes I had on were not working anymore and they were just too tight. Um, which is a whole other issue I have with some shoe, some shoes that I used to really be a fan of. And now I'm kind of about, um, ultras for those of you not paying attention at home. Um, but I went to an older pair of ultras that were actually had a foot shaped toe box after the third lap felt fantastic. Feet were happy the rest of the way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, like I said, the only thing maybe I would have done differently is I would have started with the shoes that I finished with and then I could have just kept them on the whole way and been good to go outside of that and not missing the turn hard to beat hard to beat. So thanks for the question, my lady. Hope, uh, hope that satisfies you. Hope that answer satisfies you next. We got uh, the, the melody questions. I know you're thankful for a lot of things, but what are you most thankful for this year? Hard to, hard to put a finger on the most thankful thing because so much of it's interrelated. And of course, so much of it is, is family and things like that. But I think, I think the thing I'm most thankful for this year is that, uh, you know, our families and specifically between Rebecca and Addison and myself, um, is, is our health is our health. Um, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, and, and without trying to take too turn into the somber or too turn too much of a turn into pandemic or, or whatever, but like, you know, if you, if you've got, if you're healthy, everything else is kind of figure outable. Right. And, and it, yes, to, to an extent, health is figure outable as well. Um, but like, if you're, if you're sick, like you got to take care of that before you can take care of everything else. And so I, I guess, I guess I'm just thankful that, that from a running perspective, from a life perspective, like we've been healthy this year, uh, which has allowed, uh, allowed my running to be great. Rebecca's running's going great. Addison's healthy and, and growing and, and things are going well at school. And like, like, you know, business wise, all that's good. And, and again, I think that, that everything comes down to the fact that we've been healthy and that allows everything else to get figured out, you know, and it hasn't been perfect and there's been ups and downs just like there has been for everybody. Um, but like being healthy is something that I just like, as long as we've got that, you know, I think we, we can, we can take care of everything else. So, so that's probably the thing I'm most thankful for this year. And hopefully next year, will also be the thing I'm most thankful for. We'll see. To be determined. But hopefully uh, the good health streak in the Cray household will continue. Next question from Melody. Do you know how to make an apple pie? Yeah, obviously. Obvi. Um, 
Now, allow me to answer your question with a question, Melody, and to everyone else. Do you know the most important ingredient to an awesome apple pie? No, you don't, because apparently nobody knows this, but it's raisins. Yes, you heard it right. Raisins in your apple pie. Don't at me until you've tried it. And here's the, here's the real trick. Straight from, straight from Nana. Straight from my Nana, who knew a thing or two about apple pies. Um, you soak the raisins in apple juice or apple cider for like 24 hours before you put them in the pie. Then you just sprinkle them in with the apples, put your crust of choice on top, bake it. And those plump, just, just juice bombs, nuggets that show up in the apple pie. I'm telling you, like there's apple pie and then there's Nana's apple pie, Nana's apple pie with the raisins. Like just stop, stop. It does. It literally doesn't get better than that. Literally, metaphorically, metaphysically, whatever adjective you want to do, it does not get better than Nana's apple pie with the raisins. And of course I know how to make it. Not that I want to make it, but if push comes to shove, your boy can make an apple pie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Will you be getting a puppy for Christmas? Melody's last question. No, no. Where did that even come from? No. Um, at some point we'll probably be getting another dog. I don't know about a puppy. That's, that might be a bridge too far. Um, I don't know. We'll cross whatever. We'll cross the bridge when we get there, but no, there won't be any, any puppies or dogs or pets or anything of that nature underneath the tree from Santa on Christmas morning, period, period. Next, we got Tom's trifecta of questions. We're getting close to the end. We got Tom's three, and then we got one more after that. First one from Tom. Do you see any quote unquote regulars on your morning runs? Like the newspaper delivery folks, milkmen, pizza delivery folks. Do you say hi? First of all, are milkmen still a thing? Like, is that, is that still a thing? Or is that just, you know, just kind of like my, my carrier pigeons? Um, I, not really. Tom is, is the answer as far as, as like delivery folks or anything like that. Um, there, there is the, the newspaper folks that I see occasionally in the neighborhood only when they're running late, because if they're on time, they're going to get here earlier than, uh, than my runs usually happen. Um, and I'm not the biggest fan. Like I, I, I try to put on a smile and wave, but when I see them, like I said, it usually means they're running late and it usually means they're tearing around our little neighborhood at 35, 40 miles an hour where the speed limit's 15. And, uh, I may say some not nice things to them because they've got the windows down because they're tossing newspapers into people's yards. Uh, and it's usually like a husband and wife, the ones that I see semi-regularly. And, uh, I don't appreciate them. Like you're late. That's not, that's not my fault. Don't put me in danger because you're tearing around trying to get all the, the newspapers out before you get the complaints because you just got here an hour late. It ain't my fault. Obey the speed limits, you know? Um, so I get a little salty when I see them quite honestly. Uh, but the other regulars I see are just other folks in the neighborhood, you know, people that are out walking their dogs or people that are out, uh, running, uh, people are out walking. Uh, there's definitely a handful of regulars, uh, that I see most days, uh, certainly every week, at least I see them, whether they're, they're dailies or, or, you know, they got their, their routine and my routine. Um, but I see them fairly regularly, almost always say hi, give a wave. Absolutely. You know, it likes to, even though they're not they're I've never really talked to any of them. Um, but, uh, you know, you see him, you wave. Absolutely. You gotta, you gotta be neighborly, right? You gotta be neighborly. Uh, happy, happy to say hi to the folks out running and walking and things like that in the neighborhood for sure. Uh, next question from Tom. What is your post run routine? Lol. 
That's a, that's a, you, you got jokes today, Tom. You got jokes talking about what is my post run routine. My post run routine. I mean, I guess I've got one, right? It's just not anything like what I would encourage anyone to, uh, to, to, to mimic, uh, is not a productive post run routine because my Monday through Friday runs, here's my routine. Come in from my run, make sure Addison's awake, get the coffee pot going, pack lunches for school, um, get Addison's breakfast together. Make sure anything else that needs to be done before school is done. Put backpacks in the car. Put lunches in the car. If if Rebecca needs a lunch, pack that. Although she's she's got the fridge at school, so usually we just you know it's like once a week take a bunch of stuff, load it up in the fridge, it's good to go. Um, but but basically, like that's my post run routine. There's no stretching. There's no foam rolling. There's no prolonged cool down. It's get in, get the stuff going to get the house out the door on time. Um, yeah, I wish I had a better routine than that, but you know, th- that's just, that's just where we are. That's, that's what you got to do. Um, I, I mean, I guess I could get up an hour earlier or 45 minutes earlier, or half an hour earlier to get, you know, have enough time after my run to do all those things, but ain't nobody got time for that. You know, I'm already getting up at, at five o'clock between five and five fifteen. Yeah, that's early enough. Um, so yeah, my routine is get the, co- that's first and foremost, make the coffee, then get everything packed up for school. Make sure Addison's awake and, uh, you know, and by that point, by the time they leave, yeah, we're not stretching anymore. That's that ship has sailed. Um, so yeah, there's there's work to do on the uh, post run routine front for me. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Last question from Tom: Have you ever thought of taking a cruise? Where would you want to go? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I, we've we've taken a, a handful of cruises over the years. Um, actually, have one. I think I think planned. I think it's still on this on the on tap for summer of 2022. Heading to to Alaska for an Alaskan cruise. Um, it's going to be us and my mother and father-in-law, my brother-in-law and his kids, kind of a family, family cruise situation. Um, but to, but to be honest, you know, cruising, like I enjoy it, but it's not super my jam. Um, like it's fine, but if left to my own devices, like Diz, here you go, all the money. What do you want to do for a vacation? You can go anywhere, do anything like going on a cruise is not going to be very high on the list. Um, and it's not because I don't like cruising, but it's just like eh, stuck on a boat. Like it's great. It's great in that it forces you to unplug, right? Like I don't know if, if free Wi-Fi is a thing on cruises yet, but the last cruise we were on wasn't a thing. So you know you, you're not going to be on the phone. You're not going to be connected to the internet. Like I'm not going to be able to do much work. Uh, I'm mostly going to take a book and read, and like that's cool and good and, and probably not a bad thing. Um, but it's just kind of eh. But but where would I want to go on a cruise? Alaska has always been on the list. So excited for that one. But, you know, I mean, here, here's, here's the most cliche answer, but it's also the truest one. Like, I want to go, like, I want my cruise to, to go and the stops to be places where I can, like, get out and comfortably, and, like, I'm not super, like, sketch worried about, like, safety, but, like, I want to go places where I can get out and be comfortable in my safety and just go run. Just go run for two or three hours at each port. Just go sightsee. Get off the get off the main stretch, off the beaten path. I don't need the beaches. And I don't need that nonsense. Like, so Alaska is going to be great. Like we'll pull into port and wherever, um, I, I hopefully going to run into Angela. I don't know if, she, if she's listening or not, but Angela used to be uh, a client of mine and, and somebody I've kept in touch with. Um, and her, her and her and her husband, Wayne, I, they came over to the house for dinner a couple of few years ago. Uh, they've since moved to, to Alaska. I believe they're in Juneau. And so hopefully I'll get off the, the boat there and get to go see them and say hi and, and maybe go for a run with her. But you know, otherwise like, 
Like I would love to just say, Hey, we're in port for 12 hours. Like if we're going to go do an excursion, cool, whatever. But for the other couple few hours, like I just want to put my running shoes on and be able to go and not worry about any type of nonsense, which in Alaska, pretty, pretty comfortable. I mean, I guess there's, there's bear nonsense or there's, you know, moose nonsense that I could get myself into trouble with. But outside of that, you know, I can just go run, go explore the towns or the, the ports of the cities or whatever and go. Um, so anywhere that I could do that, whether it's, whether it's in the Caribbean, whether it's in Mexico, whether it's in Central America, whether it's in Europe, um, any, any place where I can do that, like that would be the type of cruise I could do, where I could get cruise from one part, one part of the country or one part of the continent or one part of the region to the next, get off and go sightsee on foot. That would be legit. That would be legit. So I'm sure we'll take more cruises beyond this, but, um, eh, you know, I'm down with the cruise, but. Anyway, Tom, thanks for the questions this month, as always. Last question from Karen. And, you know, she, she knows how to, to lean into a question. Okay, this is a stupid question. No, it's not, Karen. No such thing as stupid questions. Um, at times, when someone asks how, marath- how many marathons I have run, I don't know if I should include 50Ks that I've run. Basically, they could count because they are over 26.2 miles, but obviously they're more than that. They're like their own category. Um, the way I've been answering it recently is I tell them how many I've run that were at least 26.2. How would you phrase your answer? So Karen, like, like not only is it not a stupid question, like that's a thought provoking deep question because it's, it's a question that many of us have probably been asked some form or fashion. And I think that the way that I would answer that question and probably the way I will answer that question going forward is it depends on who's asking. Like, is it one of those questions where the person's not a runner? They don't really care. It's kind of like one of those polite things. Like you're at a, you're at a, you know, whatever you're at a, you're at a Sunday school class or you're at a, at a PTA meeting or you're at a, you know, you're at whatever, not a running environment. And someone's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Like, Oh, what kind of things do you, oh, I, you know, I run a little bit like, Oh, have you, have you ever run any marathons? Say, yeah, I've run, I've run some marathons. How many marathons have you run? Well, in that case, like, like probably they don't, Necessary, unless they're other, unless they're a runner, maybe you, you kind of feel that out in the in the in the lead up to the question. But assuming they're not a runner, assuming they they probably don't even know how far a marathon is, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be overcomplicated. I would just go with kind of what you're saying, whatever the the number is, and it probably doesn't even matter if it's accurate or not. Um, but anything longer than twenty six point two counts. So yeah, you know, I've run fifteen marathons. Um, now, if you're talking to somebody who is also a runner. And you're comparing war stories and would understand that an ultra marathon is, is, is not just a marathon, um, is longer than a marathon and that there are different levels of ultra marathons. Well, now, now we, now we have some nuance now, now we're going to, you know, because a, that person understands the nuance and B, the person's probably interested. So if you're talking to runners, then well, yeah, you're going to split it up. You know, I've run, I've run 12 marathons and I've run 16, um, you know, S and G marathons or, or whatever, um, or, you know, whatever the numbers are, I've run four ultras, three of them have been a 50 K one was a, was a 40 miler, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then you're comparing and, and, and again, they're interested. Well, what races have you run? Have you run this race? Have you run that race? I've run this one. Oh man, we were there the same year. Who, oh, what a small world. Like in that case, you're breaking it down. If the, if it's just a polite conversation, oh, well, how many marathons have you run? Just don't even think about worrying about being accurate. Like, eh. I mean, you could, in that situation, kind of tongue in cheek, but kind of serious. Like that person would not be any more impressive. You're like, I ran four versus I ran 400. Like they don't, they don't know, you know? So just whatever, like answer it however you want to, whatever's going to make you feel better. If you want to brag on yourself, brag on yourself. If you want to be, be a little humble, be a little humble. 
The other person doesn't care and doesn't know. If you're talking to a runner, that's where you want to be a little more accurate. So there you go. There you go. That's how you answer the question. How many marathons have you run? Depends on who's asking and, and what the context is, how accurate you should potentially be, or at least how accurate I would be in that situation. If I'm talking to you, Karen, I'm going to, I'm going to go, well, has it been three or four? Like I'm going to hem and haw and get it right. If it's, if it's talking to, uh, you know, some of my family who has no idea what running even is, uh, I'm not going to waste too much time hemming and hawing. I'm going to say, you know, I've run a bunch. I mean, I don't know, 15, 20, something like that. Good enough. Good enough. So there you go. Hope that helps. And, uh, that's it. That's it. Look at me. Look at us. Less than two hours, less than an hour and a half, not less than an hour and 15, but Hey, you know, you sometimes, sometimes you just get going and, uh, we got, you know, it takes a little while to, to find a landing, but here we are end of the month, end of a Q and a episode. What do you think? What did I get right? What did I get wrong? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. Of course, you can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. You can also also head over to the show notes for today, which hopefully, if I found time between turkey servings and cranberry sauce dippings, uh, has some memes, have some gifs, have some things in it. Uh, but if not, you know, whatever. There's at least something there probably. Dizruns.com slash 999. Dizruns.com slash 999. You know what? That means Monday, going into the Four Digit Club. Whew. Anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Dizruns.com slash 999. We've got memes, got GIFs, got links. Got that comment section down at the bottom of the page. Leave your thoughts and feedbacks, comments, and takeaways there. Tell me what I got right. Tell me what I got wrong. Tell me what I missed the boat on completely. No pun intended when it comes to uh, Tom's question about the cruise. Uh, there's one thing on a cruise. You don't want to go for a run and miss the boat. That's That you don't want to do for sure. Um, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. If you want to get your questions in next month, come join us on the Facebook group, disruns.com slash Facebook or just search for the Dizruns Tribe the next time you're on the Book of Faces. Come and join us. Have a good time with us. Crack some jokes. Ask some questions. And uh, let's wrap this one up, shall we? Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking us with you. Taking us. Taking me. There's no us this time. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Again, whether it was just yesterday or whether it was a few weeks or months ago. Hope it was a good one. Hope today's a good one for you as well. And uh, until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.